Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. Hello, beautiful people. Today we're talking to my friend Tosca. She is the host of the Sex Magic Podcast and a self-identified creative creature. <laughs> <laughs> she is the jack of all trades, writer, actress, etc. Living in Los Angeles. Thank um, you. Yeah, hi, thanks for having or thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be on your podcast now. Yeah, and I was saying thanks for having me because we're at your house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I got a little confused on that one. Um, we're talking to Tosca today because this is something that you guys asked me. I, starting a Christian channel, kind of expected my emails to be like, um, hi, I am trying to save myself for marriage. How do I do that, etc.? And I do get those emails, but I also get emails that are like, hi, I'm, you know, queer, uh, gender fluid, poly, da 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 da, da. and then me and my boyfriend just had a ninesome with, you know, I'm just like, oh, you guys actually have some questions that are <laughs> far beyond this. And I don't say vanilla in a degrading way, like vanilla sex and vanilla sexuality is very beautiful. And obviously that's the standard we're all used to in Christianity. But I can't deny that you guys are asking me these much more complicated questions about different kinds of sexuality and different kinds of relationships. (laughs) Um, The dog is crying. (laughs) Dad's coming. (laughs) Um, speaking of dad, Tosca's in a polyamorous relationship with this guy <laughs> that just took the dog away. <laughs> I'm excited to have a conversation because I don't know her story or her perspective or how they are doing this. I walked in, everything's all smiles. I didn't see a lot of tension or hatred <laughs> between the two of them. And it makes me so curious because... I, like many of us, uh, would definitely have a fear-based mentality going into this sort of relationship. Mm. So I am anti-fear. I will say that. So the less we can be fearful either about other people and their journeys and their autonomous sexual decisions, which, frankly, I believe are none of our business, even if they conflict with our moral principles, um, Let's just demystify a bit of this and figure out what this is all about. (laughs) I love your perspective. You are so brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so hmm, I feel like my... I was always a bit 
interested in a poly relationship. Um, I actually, when I was about 18, I found a book by Anais Nin. Mm, um, who's, love her, oh, yeah. She's, a, she's an erotica writer, um, but also she was uh, someone really famous for her diaries. So I read Henry and June when I was like 18, and it was like a sexual awakening in a book. Mm. Um, she was in love with so many people, and I didn't really date in high school. Um, I went to an art school, so it was mostly girls. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, But when I moved to Los Angeles, I I found myself dating for the first time and really excited by love and romance and I was dating two people and I had to choose like between them or at least I thought at the time and I was the bachelorette (laughs) (laughs) I give you this rose (laughs) well I I thought that I I had to because you know I didn't quite understand at the time what polyamory was or open relationships but in my bones I felt like wow I could really just love as many people as possible, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think our hearts are limitless. Um, but anyways, so I kind of went on a little, you know, journey through my late teens, early twenties, and I found myself in the BDSM community, um, which was one of the most healing things that could have happened for me. Um, as someone who had to go through sexual abuse in like middle school, high school, mm. um, the BDSM world offered me catharsis from those experiences and a lot of healing, which I know a lot of people don't quite see how BDSM could be that way. But my first dom kind of explained to me what Polly was, and he he gave me full permission to go do whatever I wanted. Um, And we were in a dynamic, which is kind of like a relationship, Um, but I was able to date other people if I wanted to. Um, And from there, I just kind of found myself not dating Vanilla anymore. (laughs) It was Mm kind of hard to go back. Um, Just because I loved how much communication I was getting from the BDSM community and from these polydynamics I was finding myself in. Um, And the next couple of years, I I was in a few poly relationships, but I was always the, um, the, you know, the other girl. So I dated a guy who... It sounds easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're kind of like this little social butterfly that's like, oh, yeah, I'll come in and date you and, and hang out with your girlfriend and we can all be friends. And, and then uh, I met my current partner. Uh, we met on FetLife. And on our first date, we both said... Is that like a fetish app, I assume? It's, yeah. it's basically <laughs> Facebook for kinky people. Okay. <laughs> it's more of a social networking site, but that's how we found each other. Um, but on our first date, we were just like, we want, if, if we do this, like, I want a poly relationship. And they said, I want a poly relationship too. So both of us had really clear um, needs and desires from, like, this relationship. And it's really been a journey um, I've learned a lot about myself from having a, a polydynamic, and it's not easy at all. It requires a lot of self-reflection, self-awareness, communication with your partner, and um, patience, I think. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, the thing that stands out to me the most that you said is, even though there's a lot of things, <laughs> is communication. Mm-hmm. Because I am obviously a huge communicator, and that is something I'm very passionate about. And I've found in every dating relationship up until the one that I'm in today that it, honest communication was always off limits because of fear. Um, mm. I had a trampage, as I call it, after my divorce. <laughs> and um, that was something that I wasn't ashamed of. And as a matter of fact, I was like determined to not be ashamed because shame was a huge part mm. of my community as a Christian. And I'm like, I can be repentant and about like the way I've treated my body or mistreated my body or mistreated others, but I cannot be ashamed anymore. Mm. And um, And then I kept meeting men and trying to date men that would not have those conversations, couldn't acknowledge, didn't want to think about, you know, that possibility that I had had a life previous to them in Mm -hmm. any way, sexually. Um, So that said, I always felt so stifled in those relationships because it's not about me needing to go out and continue to explore sexually in those relationships. But I did want the freedom so desperately to just say hey, one time this happened, isn't that a funny story or isn't yeah. that kind of sexy or interesting? And I couldn't find anyone that would meet me on that level. Mm. So, and then the other thing about communication is like that in the DOM, you know, BDSM community, communication is huge. Mm-hmm. They're like master communicators. And I think that is something that does not matter what kind of relationship dynamic you desire. If you want a completely monogamous relationship, save yourself from marriage, yeah. you know, be <laughs> together till you die. If you could still like completely learn from the BDS community and now I'm a cat making out with me. <laughs> it doesn't a bother lot of me furry though. creatures here. <laughs> I don't mind though. <laughs> I'm so glad he was next to the mic for that. <laughs> All up in the mic. Um, So I would love to talk about, well, let's get into communication with your partner next. But first, I'd love to talk about the communication that's standard in the BDSM community. Mm -hmm. Because as the Me Too movement came out, we're learning about consent and the importance of that. And a lot of women my age, older, younger, have realized that that has been lacking in our lives for so long. Um, so how does it work in the BDS community? Man, if everyone just followed certain techniques from the BDSM world in any relationship, even non-romantic ones, I think everyone would be so much better off. Um, I think the biggest one is a really clear communication of needs and desires. Mm. Um, Usually if I'm playing with someone new and I say play because that's kind of like the common slang for like when you engage in a BDSM activity together, you write down a list of things that you like, things you dislike, hard limits, and things you're curious about. And I think that would be so exciting. Like imagine if on your first date, like with someone, even in just like a vanilla context, like, hi, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I want. Can we do this together? Great. Awesome. Can we not? Wonderful. We just saved ourselves a lot of time. (laughs) And it's just like, what? Why does no one do this? And why are we so 
terrified of actually communicating our needs to people. Mm. And I think that's something that as like uh, female identifying people might experience throughout your whole lifetimes, like not being able to communicate your needs. Um, actually, I think that's just like an every person thing, maybe. Yeah, I mean, my heart goes out to men too because they have such a hard time expressing feelings and, and we both are given these dynamics where the man is supposed to be strong and the initiator. Totally. I had, um, and my ex-husband actually, not to throw him under the bus, but anytime <laughs> I would initiate, it would turn him off immediately. I think it was like this gender role, like, no, I'm supposed yeah. to do that, not you. And it, you know, so we both kind of suffer from those stereotypes and roles. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I think that's like a really important technique that anyone can take advantage of, um, and I think having, uh, in the BDSM world, you have like a, a safe word. Um, so, you know, a common one is like red, yellow, traffic light, some, you know, symbols. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you can really clearly say when your, your boundaries might be violated or if you need to slow down or stop. Um, and, you know, I think that it's, it's another thing that's really hard for us all is to, to communicate our, our boundaries. Um, and when you go into the, uh, the poly open non-monogamy world, uh, that's something that you also have to do is, is communicate your boundaries. Like when, uh, my boyfriend and I first started our poly dynamic, um, and he, we were living together at the time. One of my boundaries was, I don't want you to spend the night somewhere else. Like Mm. I always want you to come home because I, have a really hard time sleeping without him so (laughs) it's mostly for that but also to wake up in the morning refreshed yeah (laughs) but it's also like there's there's just something in my heart that needed him to come back to me Mm -hmm. um and I think that everyone has their own needs and desires and boundaries it's just if we don't communicate them you're going to have resentment because you're not getting what you need yeah so if you don't communicate like it's it's actually on you (laughs) Yeah. And it's crazy to just think of a a monogamous relationship, dynamic people doing that. Yeah. Because that is so beneficial and we're so scared of these conversations. And there's so many ways that someone could be turning on your red light or your yellow light, even emotionally in a conversation. Yeah, for sure. And the freedom to just say, like, you're pushing my buttons or (laughs) you're going a little too fast. And then especially in a bedroom scenario. For sure. It's like, it can be such unsafe territory. Yeah. And that's the irony about the BDSM community because anyone that's outside of it, that sees images of it, that sees videos of it, it looks terrifying. Totally. (laughs) It's (laughs) so scary, girl. (laughs) I wish uh, in, I was just listening to a podcast between um, Liz Goldwyn. Mm -hmm. Um, She does the Sex Ed podcast, which is something I highly recommend to you guys. Um, I wrote a piece for her website as well, just to brag. (laughs) But um, she was talking to Asa Kira, the porn star. Okay. Um, which is funny. It was mostly about her pregnancy and postpartum <laughs> and stuff. It wasn't really about that a lot. But she um, was talking about sex education and mm-hmm. how, like, it's unfortunate that in porn there's not, like, a pre-scene where it's, like, here we are with our list and these are our boundaries and, like, yeah. it's not just 
a gangbang. Like they all came in there yes. with their boundaries, <laughs> with their limits, with their rules, with their respect for themselves, obviously in an ideal, healthy, you know, mm-hmm. environment. But I think a lot of us are exposed to sex and never see the conversation as a prerequisite to how, you know, how important that is. Yeah. You know what it really is, I think, is um, when you express your needs, you're, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think our culture tells us that being vulnerable is maybe not a good thing. But in my opinion, vulnerability is the greatest strength. Because Same. you're putting yourself out there and, and saying, like, this is important to me and this is what I need and I'm a human. Like, mm-hmm. help. Let's be human together. Um, so, yeah. something to work through. <laughs> and people will meet you there. Or the, I feel like they'll at least desire to meet you there, even if they're yeah. not capable at that moment. And if they don't meet you there, then you know, like, hey, not the person for me, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Save yeah. yourself a lot of time, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, I would love to talk about how this actually works, um, which obviously we need to touch on the vulnerability, the communication, maybe start with the communication. Yeah. How does this work in real time? Um, so, uh, my partner and I, we've gone through some like different evolutions of poly. Um, it was challenging at first, and... Then we kind of found a rhythm and... Well, what was challenging at first? <laughs> <laughs> when, when, so the first like couple of months we were together, we were like, let's just focus on us. So um, then like three months in, we were like, okay, opening it up. And it was challenging the first time that he slept with someone. And it was really hard because I ran into my really scary ex the same day. And so I was just like very vulnerable and like terrified. And I remember just like crying in my car and just being like, it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, But I definitely had to work through some insecurities and, um, it was actually like a really good thing that I felt so uh, emotional about it. And there were certain themes that came up. And one of them that I kind of come back to is this feeling that I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, so, you know, he he was with someone and I actually met her. I know her. She's actually one of my best friends now. <laughs> um, but at the time, I was just like, comparing myself to her I was just like I'm not thin enough I'm not beautiful enough I'm blah 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 in this like cycle of self-doubt and self-hate and negative self-talk and um I didn't really know I still had all these unresolved issues and poly this poly experience was actually illuminating some things that I still needed to work on myself because I am good enough like my partner thinks I'm beyond good enough, but it's something within me that I had to work through. And it's still something I, I work through time to time um, in both poly and non-poly ways. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us have that issue or even the concept of someone completing us mm-hmm. and anything our partner does to hurt us or like look in another direction is our inadequacy. And that's yeah. not true almost the majority of the time. Yeah. Um, I know the Dan Savage answer to this, Mm -hmm. but um, 
why why does he have to you know why do you guys have to go out of the relationship if it's not an adequacy which people oh, might man. think life is so exciting and beautiful and there is just so much to explore in this world and I want to explore myself I want my partner to explore himself and I want us to explore together um yeah short answer is it's an existential crisis you know (laughs) (laughs) I think um something that I really took away from this book that I love called The Ethical Slut is that there's no finite amount of love in the world. Mm-hmm. And for me, being poly is not about how many people I sleep with. It's about how much love I give and get to receive in this lifetime. And, um, yeah. I think being partnered up currently, and you guys know by now that I'm pregnant, <laughs> so I'm also Yay! extra emotional, <laughs> but um, the you know knot or pit that ends up forming in my stomach mm-hmm. when you talk about that sort of thing, and I imagine it from my own life, is the concept of poly, which I, like, how would you define it if I'm not mistaken? It's like being in love or having real relationships with multiple people? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of different words you can use. And personally, like, I, I can kind of identify with all of them or none of them and just make up what I am is just what I'm doing. But poly is primarily when you have relationships with multiple people. Um, I think polyamorous is like the full word. And if you break that down, poly is multiple amorous is of love. Mm -hmm. Um, There's non-monogamy as well, which is what it sounds like. It's, you know, maybe a more open relationship where it's not necessarily having relationships with other people, but more just like sexual encounters. Um, But for me, I, I love intimacy that isn't just sexual. Like I, I have a, a partner who lives in another state and we've been dating for over a year now and we have a non-sexual relationship and it's emotional intimacy and friendship and it feels, you know, just as fulfilling as a sexual dynamic. So like, isn't that just called a friendship or no? (laughs) Well, we've got some, some BDSM elements in there as well. (laughs) He's, he's in the Spanko community, which I'm involved in. So Spanko community. What is that? (laughs) Um, so my main fetish is spanking. Um, I adore it. And (laughs) there's a, there's a Spanko community, which is Obviously, Spanko is someone who likes to get spanked or spank. And uh, it's like a a community of people. We gather across the country a few times a year and um, engage in fun and revelry (laughs) and spanking. (laughs) Oh, this just makes me think human beings are just such funny animals. We are. We're great. (laughs) We're so great. (laughs) Me and my boyfriend were watching a sex scene the other night, and he was like, ew. Like, it just looked so bizarre because it was, like, sort of comedic. But I was like, but that's what it looks like. Like, that is what it is. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I always try to remind everyone to, you know, because fetishes and such are such a, um, a point of shame for the majority of Christians that I know because we are not raised to believe that any of that is acceptable or okay, Mm. which is so 
terrible because our fetishes, if you like, I even kind of don't like that word because mm -hmm. it almost makes it seem more unusual or salacious, but really these desires that we have sexually are bred within us when we're like six years old and below, mm -hmm. which is why you might smell a leather couch and be like, Oh yeah. Just like, where did that come <laughs> from? That's not because you're a weirdo. It's mm -hmm. because you had some sort of awakening while you were on your friend's leather couch watching some movie <laughs> of like, and you saw a boob for the first time. And yes. now leather is yours, you know, like everything is formed in our heads and it's not, it's not our fault and mm -hmm. it's not even weird. Yeah. Because I also, me and my boyfriend always talk about not liking the word weird either because mm. it's not, it's not fair to label anything weird when everything is actually so normal. <laughs> <laughs> everything's weird and everything's normal. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. Adult people getting together for a spanking community, like, con yeah. convention <laughs> is weird. <laughs> but also, if there's a lot of you there, I guess it's normal. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, just like everyone has a, has a hobby. It's a good hobby. <laughs> there's butts involved. <laughs> yeah, people love butts. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's, also, it's also a pretty non-sexual community. And, Interesting. Um, I actually, I did a full episode on spanking for my podcast talking about the connection with the root chakra mm -hmm. and how spanking is a healing practice as well. So while it is like, you know, maybe it's definitely not known as a healing practice, but that's one of the things that I've found with it, which is, Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's fair to talk about your partner's opinion if he's not sitting with us. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious if he had any similar things come up or if you're allowed to share that, like about insecurities or jealousy or anything. Uh, he does not. Ever, we're talking about We're you. talking about you. <laughs> or I you mean, can even grab the mic for a second if you're down. Sure. <laughs> Hello. So Tosco's hey. talking about how the first time you had sex with somebody else, she wound up crying in a car <laughs> and thinking of all her in, 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 inadequacies. Did you have any similar experiences ever? Was this uh, when we went to... No, I don't want to talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying in a different car. <laughs> um, feeling, feeling, feelings of inadequacy. No, not really for me, but... That doesn't mean that I haven't had like negative feelings about her sleeping with people. Um, one one guy in particular, uh, mostly just because I I I just felt something off about it. Like mm. I just didn't feel right about it. Um, and he turned out to be a super huge douchebag. So uh -huh. he was a very big douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> in, intuition uh, was was good there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know when it when it comes to. Tosca being with partners, um, I don't, uh, you know, I want her to have the most fun possible and I want her to enjoy her experiences, whether that's a shared experience or whether that's on her own. Um, but that said, you know, I'm not, I'm also not trying to be super chummy with her like partners as well. You know, like if it, if it happens organically and naturally and we're hanging out or whatever, like that's one thing. Um, but you know, I speaking on, for me personally, like I like my solo experiences as much as I love the shared experiences. So I try to give that to my partner as well and let there be room for like, if you want to do this on your own and have fun with someone, or if you want to like do it together, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, but I'm big on organic experiences. 
I think that men, I have a theory that men are cheating a little bit in these scenarios because I feel like men are so good at compartmentalization. I think as a woman, I mean, that's just a stereotype, I guess. But like for me, I see life as like this holistic thing and everything is always intertwined and everything means something. It's like, you know, putting together a serial killer board and like everything is connected <laughs> and I'm figuring it out where versus like a lot of, you know, my partner, like now, for example, it can very easily be like, oh, that's over here mm-hmm. and you're over here. And it's just like, oh my gosh. You well, know, do I you feel find like that? I compartmentalize pretty well when I'm dealing with multiple partners. Um, I don't know. What's your experience? Um, my take on this, and I tell, talk to you about this all the time, is like uh, different people bring certain things out of you, whether that's sexual or not, right? Like yeah. I, have, I have certain guy friends who make me laugh like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, no one else can necessarily do that. Um, you know, and I think the same is true for sexual and romantic affairs. I mean, like, I don't think any one person is the end all be all for everyone. And I think that you shouldn't limit yourself with the limited time we have on this earth to, you know, any one individual experience, no matter how amazing my alarm's going off, uh, (laughs) no matter how amazing or incredible your relationship is. And I'd say, I I really love our relationship. Um, you know, I just, um, I don't know. I also have a very hedonistic perspective on life. Like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, if you can take it, do it. You know what I mean? Like, cons- all consensual and, you know, uh, obviously. But... Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I think that if it's, if it's available and you want to experience something, go for it. As long as you're being safe and everyone's a consenting adult and no one's being hurt in the process, like, absolutely amazing. And then, you know, sometimes there's pain along the way mm. when specifically talking about a polyamorous relationship where like you know one person feels cheated or um whatever yeah uh, and i think that at the end of the day since we're all super open and honest about everything we're communicating with each other we're learning we're growing from it and uh you know it's a constant it's a constant evolution as is, as are all relationships right and we're constantly working on each other and trying to be better people yeah but I, I like where we are. I like I like how it works. I'm gonna turn off my alarm real quick. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, well, he brings up a good point of you know I, you don't have to even share specifically yourself if you don't want to, but um, of how you how you do set boundaries or when you communicate mm-hmm. what are those specific things that you know you can't cross a line with him or vice versa. Uh, hmm. I feel like where we are now is very different from where we were in the beginning and it's a constant change. Like there's always going to be something new that maybe, Oh, now when you do this or when I do this, it provokes something and I have to set a new boundary and that's great. Um, right now we're actually closed for the summer. (laughs) Closed for the summer. Closed for the summer. (laughs) Because when we, when we were in Europe, I, I knew that there were some things that I wanted to work on in just us. And so like I expressed a need of like, Hey, I really need us to focus on each other right now. Mm. Let's, uh, let's resume poly stuff in August. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. So you don't have to always just be one way. Like life is very fluid and you can dance through poly and monogamy. (laughs) 
I like that because, I mean, that's like tending to the tree that you guys have grown together. Yeah. And that's so important. I think a lot of people also are familiar with, quote, polyamory or non-monogamy as what is actually a last resort for couples that are on mm. their way to a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of couples that are kind of like, this is not working well, well, maybe we should just open up. And it's like, oh, (laughs) that's going to really illuminate the problems you guys have in your relationship. And that's a good thing. But like, are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. That's like having a baby to fix everything or something. Oh, totally. You're like, you are actually just Mm -hmm. inviting in so much more. Totally. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too. I think uh, to me, polyamory, non-monogamy is more digestible to me Mm -hmm. because I... I'm capable of having disconnected sex and I wouldn't necessarily even say that's a good thing. It's just in my experience, um, when I was really letting loose, like that was no problem for me. Mm -hmm. So I can wrap, it's just more something that I can get, you know, if, if I was in a scenario like that, I'd be like, oh yeah, just sex. I get that. But polyamory does sound a little exhausting to me Mm because you're like, balancing different people I definitely already feel that the balance between having a romantic relationship and friendships is even a lot of work yeah so it's like how do you have the time and energy to (laughs) even give to all of these relationships and also make sure your partner still feels prioritized yeah I think it's a like number one is making sure that you are good and taking care of yourself because if if your cup is not full, then like you can't share that with anyone else, be it friends or family or partners. Like I know that whenever I'm feeling like emotionally depleted and I don't like take the time for myself, everything else kind of crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there is some, you know, time management that you have to, to deal with. Um, my, my secondary dynamic is someone who lives in another state. So when we do see each other, it's maybe for like a weekend, um, And it's a lot of concentrated time, but I don't see them often ongoing. So that's actually like kind of good for scheduling, though we do chat every day. Uh, And hmm, I forgot the question. (laughs) Wait, now I forgot it too. Yeah, I was just talking. I mean, now I'm picturing you guys like going to Target and buying a calendar. highlighting things we love target target <laughs> is often a date night where it's like you want to go to target <laughs> you've got post-its up there you're like this is yeah. this relationship for this moment but i mean i think we are a bit more like fluid um in in that it's not like uh i'm planning to have a night with someone else i think that like my partner specifically is like a very like i'm going to flow with the universe right now and if like oh hey i match with this person on tinder i feel like going on a date hey i'm gonna go on a date and I'm just like okay and sometimes I'm like okay because I really wanted to spend time with you but then it's like hey I have to communicate I want to spend time with you and then schedule that time right so yeah what are some other examples and it doesn't have to be just you like even in other polydynamics that you Mm -hmm. know of, of of boundaries that people have that they find to be healthy in that kind of relationship hmm I think let me think on that Everyone is so different. Um, I think some examples of healthy boundaries, uh, I I know a couple that both of them are in like 
poly non-sexual dynamics and like that works for them it's a lot of emotional intimacy with other people there's bdsm in it but they don't want to have sex with other people that works for them um i have <laughs> that is like the most terrifying thing i can imagine i'm like what <laughs> i know and then on the flip i know another couple where it's like oh we always have a girl and um actually i i unicorned with them um and I adore. For anyone that doesn't know, unicorn is this magical, mythical creature that barely exists, that's hard to find, that will come into your relationship and not be out to destroy it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's it's the, the, the guest star of the threesome. Mm-hmm. I love being the guest star. It is so much fun because... Yeah, that sounds fine. That sounds you know, great. <laughs> like you get to come in, you get all loved up, and then you get to go home, and then you're like, okay, that was fun, and goodbye. Um, but you know, I have something to say about that because it is so common for, uh, to, you know, a a couple that's often like a man and a woman to only want another girl. Yeah. And oftentimes I'm like, that sounds great. Can I bring my boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) And it's often no. Yeah. They, the couples often feel insecure when there's a man in the relationship or a man in the bedroom. I say more than merrier, <laughs> uh, but um, I think it's an interesting thing. And I, I was talking to my boyfriend about this because we had this experience when we were traveling abroad and trying to find, you know, some poly fun. Everyone had that same experience. And it was like, are you not threatened by me wrecking your relationship? I think girls are terrifying. Mm. Like, I really do. Like, I've you know, I've seen women hit on my partner or whatever, and they are, like, shysty. They're, like, mm. out for blood, you know, and there's, like you were talking about earlier, um, just having the intuition when you're, like, I don't like this guy because, actually, he turned out to be not such a great person. Mm. You know, there's definitely that. There's some, like, women that I think are wonderful that aren't out to destroy what you have, but there's a lot of people that are, like, oh, I like what they have. I want that instead yeah. of her. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel I feel like that's actually not something I've personally experienced, like, unicorning or and know of any of my other friends who like to do the unicorn thing. Oftentimes, we don't want your relationship. And I think that, like, sometimes you have to question, is this my fear or is this my intuition? They're yeah. very different, but sometimes they can sound the same. Where it's like, stop, 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 don't do it, don't do it. It's like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And I think once you, like, develop a relationship with your your instinct, intuition, your gut feelings, and, and make friends with your fear, you can kind of differentiate them. Um, but what my point really was, was that, like, I think it's interesting that couples oftentimes are comfortable with women coming into the relationship. And I think it's a very like antiquated, uh, women are property kind Mm, of thing. Um, and it's just like, I feel like the, the guy is threatened by the other guy, but it doesn't make sense to me because we're all, we're all equal players here. So um, you have something to say? <laughs> I have something I really want to say about this topic. Yeah. It's extremely frustrating. <laughs> uh, as a poly couple, yeah, like, if you're on Tinder, like, traveling and looking for some fun, pretty much everyone wants to have a girl-girl-guy threesome, and no one wants to have a guy-guy-girl threesome. And as someone who's, like, straight, pretty much, like, I'm pretty fluid. Like, I don't care, but I'm not necessarily into men. Yeah. I much prefer a male-male-female threesome in most experiences. Um, because it's, it's much 
easier for me at least to identify with intuition what a, a decent guy is, like a good guy to share a partner with versus what a douchebag is, right? It's real easy to tell a <laughs> douchebag guy who just wants to fuck from a mile away. Okay, yeah. Um, and then what you were saying too with women, yeah, with women it's harder to find... I would say it's easier to find a female, female, male threesome. It's harder to find a good female, female, male threesome. Yeah. Like where I the that. chemistry is really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my experience. Yeah. Well, why do you think that is though? I, yeah. Women are just so like multi-dynamic and it's kind of hard to tell what their motivation is sometimes. I don't hate all women at all, but I think men can be more transparent when it comes to sexuality. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I can read what he wants. Sure, and I think it's not all necessarily about like uh, women either. I think on on the part of the man, the man's role in a male, female, female threesome is, you know, it's it's, it's double the work, and men tend to not have uh, <laughs> men tend to not have the best reputation, <laughs> I guess, in the in in bed. So you know, it's uh, so the other guy takes the pressure uh, off, <laughs> right? That well, that too. I feel like there's much more of um. Uh, kind of like a weird pagan camaraderie about it too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's um, I think it's hot to share, mm-hmm. um, both from the perspective of uh, your partner and yourself. Like, I think it's good to be open to pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So yeah. you guys obviously have experiences together as well. We do, yeah. 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 Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, uh, one thing to round it up that's good is social contra- the social constructs that we accept. You were talking about a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I definitely wanted to point out to like anyone tuning in is to actually like really take a step back from the social constructs, the, the, the way we were raised, um, what's just like common in our communities and actually just ask yourself, what do I want? If that's monogamy, hell yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's a, uh, oops. Is, that what? A, is it okay to say hell yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was I like, don't you're know. apologizing for celebrating monogamy? No. <laughs> yes, you can say hell yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> we're talking about like, the most salacious stuff and you're like, oh, I said hell. <laughs> and completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, throughout history, there have been so many different ways people have had family structures and, you know, the, the current monogamous uh, structure actually was like from agricultural communities where you need to have a man and a woman. Like there were certain roles that had to be taken care of, like when you're on the farm (laughs) and have children to help you on your, you know, your farm or whatever. And, uh, we live very different lifestyles now. Um, if you go back pagan communities throughout time, even, you know, I'm sure other religions that are different, um, there were maybe multiple partners to help raise the whole, you know, family, more like a community well, the Bible based. Is full of polygamy. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I remember, so I was raised Jewish, so I don't quite have the knowledge of the New Testament, but I remember uh, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, there was, Abraham had another wife who um, bore a child for him because Sarah couldn't have children and I mean that's a polydynamic that worked 
right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I think it didn't turn out so great down the line, but... Well, Sarah ended up having a baby. She was blessed with a baby late yeah. in life. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely complicated because I can't... I, it's hard to imagine they were, like, consensual polygamist relationships. Mm. But also, it was just the way it was. And I think that... I mean, that was just standard. Yeah. I'm sure there was jealousy. They were real people in real time with real emotions. But... um yeah, it's interesting. And the agricultural argument, too, is interesting because I've heard it said that monogamous homosexual relationships aren't represented anywhere in the Bible because they had no purpose that they would have served in that time. Mm. So that, you know, and who I'm not sure if this is true, I haven't researched it, but if there was a loving homosexual relationship, it just wouldn't have fit in the society. So it wouldn't have necessarily been represented as a real viable dynamic. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it didn't, you can't produce kids. You're not taking care of a farm together, et cetera. And it's so interesting to me because like, is that really what determines a life? Like what about companionship? I, I think mean, that's yeah. just <laughs> as important. Um, and I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is that there are so many conditions that are put on us. And I think we have a responsibility as human beings blessed to be in existence in this world to peel back the layers and to really see what it is you want and how you want to live your life. Because like, we don't know what happens after, like, where do we go? Do we get to do this again? I don't know. There's a lot of different options and we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. But make the most of giving yourself joy and happiness while you're here, I think is kind of what I'm trying to... And that'll to... probably be the most controversial thing you say, <laughs> which is crazy, but it's, you know, like <clears throat> I talked to another beautiful woman on the Sex Magic podcast, mm. Bella, um, <laughs> about pleasure. It's one mm. of the most successful podcasts I put out because we are not, and it's not just Christians, mm. you know, like Sex Ed and the Netherlands talks about pleasure from five years old and oh. explains, you know, it's the amazing. concept of pleasure. And... We, meanwhile, are, like, not allowed to have it or mm. are scared of it or feel like we're sinning if we're experiencing any pleasure. Yeah. And that's such a shame. Yeah. Because I think that, like, God, spirit, the universe, whatever you believe in wants you to delight in pleasure. And I'll say it a million more times, the clitoris serves no other purpose mm -hmm. <laughs> except for that. Yeah. So if you think God doesn't want women to have pleasure sexually you're, you know, conflicting with the creation, obviously. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whole other story. Go listen to my podcast with Isabella Frappier. Yay, she's so amazing. Yeah, she is amazing. Um, I'm like, anything else in conclusion? I mean, I love what we've touched on. This is about communication. And again, if polyamory and non-monogamy is not your vibe, that's completely fine. But I think it's beautiful that in those dynamics, there is an ethic to it. You may think if you're in a monogamous relationship or you're in the paradigm of a Christian save yourself for marriage thing, that there can be nothing ethical about mm -hmm. being hedonistic and going out of your relationship. But the ethic to me comes into the way you're respecting your partner, how you're showcasing love for one another, 
how you do love each other so much that you want each other to experience independent lives. And that doesn't have to include sex. You can bring that into your monogamous relationship as well. Like, how wonderful if your partner goes out and has a wonderful night with their friends. Mm. So many of us are just even scared of that. Yeah. What'd you do without me? You know, who are you talking to on the phone? Who made you laugh so hard? It's mm -hmm. like you can't be everything for everyone. And you guys seem to obviously have a really <laughs> clear <laughs> understanding of that reality. Yeah. And that shouldn't be something scary. It would be exhausting to be something, some, like everything for everyone. Yeah. It would be too much pressure, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, I guess, you know, I think... Uh, one of the things that I adore about you is that you really spread like God's word, which is love. And this is just another translation of it. And that pursuit and appreciation of love. Mm. Well, thank you so much for thank talking you. to us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to touch base with Tosca, can they have your Insta? Or yeah, definitely. Like My Instagram is... Tosca Gemini, T-O-S-K-A-G-E-M-I-N-I. -I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you hate everything she said, I challenge you to actually engage and ask questions instead of going on attack. That'd be really interesting. I find it hard to believe anyone that hates what you say has made it this far into the podcast. <laughs> but if you have and you're just raging, maybe it's because it's something that is hitting a vulnerable spot for you. Mm. And, you know, I think asking questions and engaging and not judging others is the best way you can face your fears and get a better understanding of other people's perspectives. So... That's it. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much. God bless. <laughs>